Welcome to Career EQ, a podcast series focused on helping students navigate the beginning and early stages of their business careers. Your host, John Quinn, is a senior lecturer and director of the CPG Immersion Program at the Fisher College of Business at The Ohio State University. In each episode, we dive into a topic facing young professionals in today's ever-changing business environment. While John may not be an expert in all of these areas, his academic and corporate partner guests certainly are. That being said, let's dive into our topic for today and meet this episode's guest. In our last episode, we spoke with Brian Piccioni, Fisher College alum and Senior Director of Marketing Operations at NVIDIA, and Ryan Wilhelm, Senior Career Advisor at the Fisher College of Business at The Ohio State University, about managing the job search process to affect better outcomes, ones that are more aligned to one's career aspirations. But that process can be long and draining, and even when it's done right, How can you keep your energy, momentum, and positivity through what can be a taxing and at times even demoralizing process? Welcome back, Brian and Ryan. I appreciate you both coming back to Career EQ to talk now about the softer side of job search. Brian, you had some pretty big roles in some high-profile tech companies like Cisco and NVIDIA, but I I suspect you've had your share of disappointments and dead ends. Can you share some of your experiences and how did you handle them and what did you learn from them? Oh, I've had so many dead ends and uh, kind of doors shut in that process that just kind of helped motivate me and keep me going. I'll I'll give you a couple of examples. You know, I mentioned the last time we spoke, I talked about wanting to get into high tech and move to California. Um, I really was interested in this company called Lucas Arts. Uh, you may be familiar with them, but the, they are part of Lucasfilm. They, in the 90s, they were making a lot of video games that were Star Wars related. And I was like, I would love to work. That would be the dream job. You know, go work for Lucasfilm and, or LucasArts and work on Star Wars games. And I applied to jobs there probably, you know, eight or nine different times over the course of probably 10 years. And I, I kept getting rejection letters. Like they wouldn't even talk to me. Um, and I saved every one of them for like 20 years. You know, I, ju- I was just cleaning out my garage, you know, last summer and I pulled out this file and it had a bunch of rejection letters from Lucas Arts saying that I wasn't what they were looking for. I wasn't the right candidate. And, you know, funny that, you know, full circle to my career now, you know, NVIDIA deals with Star Wars all the time. You know, we I've, I've, you know, been down to the Imagineering Studios. I saw Star Wars land as like the theme park as they were building it before it was announced, before anyone knew what it was. You know, NVIDIA gave me the opportunity to engage with that in my professional life and career. And it was awesome. But, you know, getting shut down uh, and hanging on to that as a motivator, I would stick it on my fridge. I was like, at least it had the LucasArts logo on it. You know, I had this letter from LucasArts. They reached out to me. They told me I wasn't what they were looking for, but I'm going to keep trying. And every job I've had, uh, I've never gotten in the door right away. And it took me several, several tries to get through. But you just have this, uh, you start to get this understanding that of, you know, how the hiring process works. There's so many hurdles and obstacles in the way between the open rec and the hiring manager and you um and getting through that gauntlet of everything is is very very challenging so once you start to understand that 
it it starts to become less personal. It's oh, it's it's not that that he's rejecting me, Brian Piccioni. It's that you know, for all the processes going on behind the scenes, I am not the person resonating with the hiring manager. They may not even see me or see my resume for a million different reasons. So it's really not about me right now. Um, but I can change that and I can keep working on it and I can keep networking. And, you know, even once you land the job, we talked about in the last episode, we talked about leaning directionally in the direction that you want to go, but maybe not knowing the career path. And as you lean in and do side quests and learn and be curious, other stepping stones on your career path start to illuminate. Those doors won't always be open. The, the stepping stone might illuminate and you might try to lean into it. And that hiring manager within your own company might say, no, we don't, you're not right for this role in our department, you know, stay in your department. That's happened to me, um, you know, a hundred times in my career. And you just keep leaning into it and um, it starts to become less personal. You know, I think it's a really good point about not taking it personally. Uh, my roommates at, uh, when I was in graduate school, Carnegie Mellon, I had three roommates and uh, the only decor we had on the wall other than dogs playing poker were our ding letters. We actually filled up three walls of ding letters with ding letters, you know, rejection letters. Yeah. And it was almost a badge of honor, but like it helped to see like, all right, all my roommates are getting these too. I mean, we're all contributing to this wall. Uh, and then at the end, when we, when the last of us finally got our job offer, we had a big bonfire of them. But you know, um, Ryan, in our last episode, you mentioned about doing something almost every day. I mean, how does, uh, one, when they're in conducting the job, search, maintain not only momentum, but positivity. Yeah. So um, a big thing about doing doing something every day, it's making it manageable, right? So it's, you know, what are the small things I can do? Can I work on my resume? Can I meet with somebody, with a professor, someone in the um, Office of Career Management, or reach out to somebody and do, you know, do a... uh, do a informational interview, right? So it, it doesn't have to be something big. It could just be, I'm going to do five minutes a day, right? So um, what I find is a big thing, and I think that um, that, that Brian touched on this, is uh, when students go into planning about the direction that they want to go, um, often they become really rigid with that goal. And they say, you know, I'm I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to go into marketing because I know I want to do X, right? And the reality is, is you know, Brian talked about this as he moves forward. As he as he moved forward, it became more and more kind of uh, things became illuminated, right? And it was like, oh, maybe I'll test this out. Maybe I'll do that. Um, when I work with students, I see I see more kind of you know anxiety or frustration because they they've what they've done is they've wrapped themselves around this um, very very concrete finish line. And the more that they can talk to people and see that there's people like Brian who said, I want to go do X and wasn't able to do it, but ended up perfectly, you know, in a fulfilling career in a different route, the better, right? And so um, very often a student's path is not going to be a straight line. It's going to be, I went forward, I hit a wall, I or I bumped into a new interest, and then I'm going to now take a different route. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go check out something else, right? And so sometimes students look at that, that failure as just like a definition of who they are instead of just a piece of their journey, a piece of the pathway that now means either they break through the wall and try to get to that goal. They come up with a new goal. They, um, they, you know, somehow get around it. You know, it's the more people they talk to, the more that they will have that recognition of 
I don't, you know, it's not, doesn't have to be the straight line. It's for most people, it's, it's much more of a, you know, I got to someplace and then I shot into a different direction. And really for, for them, like kind of what Brian says, when I'm talking to students, I usually tell them, try to get into the world that you're interested in and then you'll figure it out from there, right? So Brian was interested in technology. He was like, I'm gonna go to California. I'm gonna talk to as many people as possible. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my foot in the door through sales and then I'm gonna kind of move around. What I find is that students tend to relax a little bit when, they, when the idea is, I'm just gonna, you know, I can get my foot in the door related to technology and then I can figure it out. I don't have to have all the answers quite yet. Right. Yeah. And often that's helpful when they're thinking about about the path. You know, that um, misperception that it's a linear process and, it's, and it, it is not. That's maybe even more true if the labor market starts tightening up. Right. Which may happen, you know, knock on wood, hopefully it won't, but it's already tightening a little bit. So that, uh, those expectations have to be tempered a little bit and it is not a straight path. So along those lines, uh, what do you think is the healthiest, how would you recommend the healthiest way to, uh, deal with that denial? Cause it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to get denied in this process more times than they're going to get the offer. Yep. Right. So how do you handle that? Yeah, for for me, I'm always thinking about all those all the different ways that we talked about job searching and recognizing that um, there's not just one door in, right? So a lot of times people will go to job fairs, they'll meet with somebody, and maybe that company at the job fair they met with is hiring five people, but that doesn't mean that's the only part of the company that's hiring five people. That doesn't mean that that exact same recruiter that they met with at the job fair isn't hiring five people five more people in two months right and so it's really just thinking about you know this is a snapshot of today and what happened today and isn't kind of the definition of the market forever even within this company it's also possible that you know you were the sixth best candidate and they were only hiring five people when you met with somebody then and then when you you're in the process in four months you're the second best candidate and they're hiring five people right you never know what the candidate pool is like you never know what the situations like so you know just moving forward doing those small things being open to it you know it one door closing at a certain time does not mean that doors closed forever that's a, yeah I, I think that's an important point because like um, <coughs> denial now does it just means no for now it doesn't mean no forever and and not to and to to keep up your effort so Brian how have you dealt with denial in some of uh, in your career path well, early on in my career, it was a lot harder um, because I didn't understand what was happening behind the scenes. I hadn't been on the other side yet. I hadn't seen how the hiring process worked. So, you know, the first several <laughs> dozens of rejections that I had or doors that were closed in my face, it was difficult to, to not think, well, you know, I don't have everything they're looking for. There's something wrong or missing in my skill set or on my resume or my pedigree or whatever it was. Um, but I used that kind of as a motivator, you know, to, uh, well, I got to prove it to myself that I can do this, that I'm worth it. Um, as I started to have career experiences in the, in the world with companies, I started to see how the hiring process worked. It made everything easier to, it was easier to understand rejection when I saw how the hiring process worked. And understanding that, you know, hundreds and hundreds of resumes come in and it's not the hiring manager who's looking at all of them. The hiring manager might see 10 out of 300 resumes that come in. The hiring manager might only see five. 
there are several people in the recruiting chain before it gets to the hiring manager who is making a decision on behalf of the hiring manager and just looking at stuff on paper. They're not, they don't know the candidates. They're just looking at what they see on paper. And a lot of people get uh, weeded out that way or filtered out. And understanding how that process works uh, kind of helps you approach it like, okay, well, there's, I need to learn how to, to tailor my applications to resonate better with what that particular hiring manager asked the, the recruiter to look for. Um, and that just takes practice and time. And you have to uh, you know, understand that there, like Ryan said, uh, there's many doors. There's many paths to get there. So if the one that you're applying to is shut, um, that doesn't mean that that direction of your career or the stepping stone or even that company that you're really interested in is shut to you forever. It just means that keep networking, keep working at it, find the other doors. And you find the other doors by doing the networking stuff that we talked about in the last episode. One thing that always helped me with dealing with denial is like, yeah, be angry for a few minutes. That's okay. But turn that around and immediately try to drum up three new opportunities, right? Start, just put it behind you and start looking forward again. But again, don't give up either because no yeah. might just mean no for now. Yeah. And the other part about that process piece of it is uh, that I think is important to note is that the hiring organization, their timeline is very different than your timeline. Right. Uh, and so you're, you're probably being impatient. I haven't heard back from them. They're going to move a lot more slowly. Right. So sometimes it takes a lot of patience. So one thing I do want to talk about, Brian was talking about how, like, uh, when he, in sales, like he learned to not, you know, he, he was feeling shy at one point and then kind of reached out and they got comfortable in that. Right. And so I think this, it, there's a, there's this feeling when you're, um, when you're getting denials of failure and there's this catastrophizing that goes on of I attach my identity to that letter that came, right? Or that that denial I got in sales or that kind of thing, right? And so often when I'm talking with somebody, what I'll do is I'll try to make this big pie and I'll try to get them to think about like, how does this affect, what A, what are the things that are really important to you in your life, right? Is it friends, family, uh, recreation you're a part of, you know, all these other things that are going on, awards you won, things like that, right? And think about like, if I get this denial between from this company, you know, am I, you know, is my significant other going to break up with me? Are my parents going to not want to talk to me anymore? Do I still get to go play, you know, play football with my friends, right? All those, none of those things are affected. It doesn't well, change who you are. doesn't change who you are. And often we, we let that kind of poison all those other things. And we act as if like this one denial is the definition of who I am. Whereas it's really just a sliver of the pie. Yes, it's like you said, it, be angry for a minute, but also recognize that like my whole life didn't f really fall apart. My The things that really matter to me are still there and I can just keep applying and there's other jobs out there and there's other things like that. So, so how would you recommend uh, students how they're structuring their job search? You know, I, like how much time should they spend? Uh, how should they allocate that time? Yeah. So for me, um, it, it really just depends. So there's, there's four, uh, four big ways that I always tell people to search. And um, one is those job databases that we talked about. One is specific companies, right? So if you're sure, like, I want to work in sports in Columbus, right? It's limited, Create your right? Wish list. It's like, you know, 
it's the Clippers, it's the Crew, it's Ohio State, it's the uh, Blue Jackets, right? So you you know, like I need, I can focus on that, right? Um, job fairs is another one, and then networking is another one, right? And so, um, so the big one, you know, um, the uh, the job databases, I would you know carve out some time a week. I, there isn't a set time that I would say, but I would carve out a time a week and just go into you know at least Handshake, right? That's an, that's one that we know people are reaching out to OSU students on, and then LinkedIn. But there's probably other places, right? Those are, those would be places I would look. You know, maybe a half hour, hour a week, right? Um, the specific organizations, I would, I if you know this is a field, an industry that I want to be in, and a location I want to be in, I would once a week pull that up and say, okay, are they hire? Are there new jobs at the Crew? Are there new jobs at the Blue Jackets? Those kind of things, right? Job fairs, you know, um, Ohio State puts on a ton of them. Fisher puts on, you know, two a year or more, right? And so, but there's also ones through other um, through other cal- uh, camp. Um, Colleges on campus that you can go to, um, so those are going to be determined on when those are available. But there's a there's a great deal of those on that you can go to, and then networking. You know that you know I would say uh, when you're in a search, when you're in a, a heavy search, you know, really doing that. You know, half hour, an hour a week at least, right? And so um, those times are those are really dependent on you and and what you're what you're thinking about doing. But I would carve out the time to do each of those. Um, at every, you know, a little bit per week, just so you are, um, you're hedging your bets and you're not just in one category and you're really kind of uh, making those connections. So. Brian, what would you recommend for maintaining positivity throughout this process? One thing I've always thought is, but making sure you're, you still have some balance. You're still spending some time doing the things that you enjoy to do. Uh, that helps keep your energy up. It keeps up your, your positive attitude. Because if you start cutting corners along those lines, it's going to start wearing on you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can't obsess over it to the point where it's, uh, you know, it's all consuming. Yep. Because then what you're doing is you're you're draining energy from the core of what you have to offer. You're you're bringing everything down if you're obsessing on it negatively. So the way I would suggest looking at it is um, it's an adventure, and in in the early levels of the adventure game. Uh, your character is not going to have as much skills or special, you know, equipment or, you know, powers to hit the bosses at the highest level. But what you, you have to realize is you have your long-term goal of you, you want to, you know, beat the end of the level, but you need to build skills and capabilities up to help prepare you for that. So like Ryan was talking about all the different things you could be doing to to prepare for this job search one of the things that that i like to think about is the you find the companies that you're passionate about and want to follow like your examples that you mentioned were sports teams set some time aside to stay constantly like researching what's going on at those companies what are they doing what's new what you know announcements have they made keep looking on linkedin to see who you know that works there it's that networking opportunity find connections there all that i kind of run that stuff the passion the passion interest and curiosity stuff in the background while you're doing the things up front to build your skill set and your your bag of capabilities that you can bring when you do have those networking meetings so you have to think about it as short terms and long term you know uh, don't get frustrated that not everything's going to happen on the first job or the first offer. Uh, all of this is the early stages of a huge adventure, and you need to build those skills up. And as you build those skills, 
then more of those doors open, you know, and it's just, uh, it's fun. I think it's, I think it's an important point. You say, if you let it, if you let it bring you down, uh, prospective employers are going to pick up on that because you're going it, to, it's going to change how you carry yourself. That's right. And, and the energy that you bring to the meeting. Well, I'd like to thank my guest, uh, Brian Piccioni, Fisher alum and Senior Director of Marketing Operations at NVIDIA, and Ryan Wilhelm, Senior Career Advisor at the Fisher College of Business at The Ohio State University, for returning to Career at Q and to talk about the softer side of the job search process. Thanks again, Brian and Ryan. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Please check the webpage for additional related links and resources on this topic. Career EQ is brought to you by the Fisher College of Business at The Ohio State University. We'd like to thank our production crew, including our producer, Doug Carraway, for making this possible, and the Office of Career Management, dedicated to supporting our business school students in the launch of their careers. See you next time at Career EQ.